Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Certainly is. It took him up with uh, Ian Rodby. Rodby out till Monday. Hoping all is well with Rod and his family as we uh, get you into Big 12 Championship weekend. Nick Shuley, kind enough to uh, hang with us. Ty is here as well. Talking about a big win for the Cowboys last night. Uh, Cowboys not as dominant as they've been. They ran into a, uh, a team with a winning record, but they still found a way to win a wild one up in Arlington. Longhorns hoping... Uh, they're not in a shootout in Arlington tomorrow as they play the uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys as a two-touchdown favorite, keeping our eyes on that developing story out of uh, Tallahassee. Tallahassee with uh, reports of the uh, now backup quarterback of the Florida State Seminoles maybe uh, going to be out for their game tomorrow night against Louisville in the ACC championship game. That's a, a critical game as far as the Longhorns go because we've talked about uh, you know Florida State taking a loss would, would help the cause of Texas in a huge way if they're able to win the game tomorrow. So uh, we will keep you posted. Also, uh, all things Texas basketball. Uh, Nick, you told, you've, you've told us you uh, host the Brotherhood podcast with uh, DJ Augustine and Royal Ivy, and you recorded an episode last night, and you just told me that our friend Jerry Hamilton was a guest with you guys on the latest edition of the Brotherhood podcast, and Jerry's going to be with us this afternoon up at uh, uh, Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas, uh, giving this his, his analysis on uh, the Longhorns and the football the recruiting, but uh, you know he's also a whiz on the basketball side, too. Oh, it's incredible, and I didn't realize he'd coached AAU basketball for a long time. He's been covering Texas sports for tw- – like sports in Texas for 23 years. And, I mean, he has legitimately forgotten more than I know about sports, and he was incredible. And, it, you know, obviously we generally have a guest or we'll have a kid on the team or, or an alum, and, you know, we didn't get a kid from the team because they were playing while we could do it. Because last night, Roy Roy had a night off there in L.A. About to, I think they're about to play the Lakers uh, tonight, the Rockets are. And so we uh, we knocked out the, the podcast last night during the Longhorns game against Texas State. It was actually – the game was starting to get a little heated while we were on the podcast. It was when Texas went down in that second half. But uh, the, the guys pulled it out, so it, was, it all ended okay. I wanted to talk to you about that game coming up because it was an up-and-down performance for Rodney Terry's team. They looked great to start and then kind of went to sleep and – had to wake back up and beat Texas State. Uh, with that in mind, let's get to those headlines, those trending topics. It was a busy Thursday night in the sports world. So make sure you're fully aware as you get up and out on a Friday. <laughs> Top Gun Reynolds and Lonnie, we'll bring it to you. We start with the NFL. Yeah, and a wild one in Arlington last night. Thursday night football to kick off week 13. It was a game that featured the Cowboys and Seahawks, but it featured nine touchdowns, over 250 penalty yards, and Zero punts for either side. Dak Prescott threw three touchdown passes, including a 12-yard strike to Jake Ferguson under 12, under five minutes to play. That propelled the Cowboys to their 14th consecutive home win, 41-35 over the Seattle Seahawks. Rookie kicker Brandon Aubrey nailed four field goals. That extends his NFL record to 26 consecutive makes to start a career. And on defense, after getting torched most of the game by Seattle's DK Metcalf, Deron Bland made his NFL-leading eighth interception late in the third quarter. And then the Cowboys' D got fourth down stops on the Seahawks' 
final three possessions to preserve the win. Dallas now 9-3, Seahawks fall to 6-6. Six six. Of course, Cowboys 9-3 ahead of next Sunday's showdown against the division-leading Eagles in Arlington. The Eagles will host the 49ers on Sunday afternoon in the marquee matchup of Sunday. All eyes on Arlington at AT&T Stadium tomorrow, 11 a.m. 7th-ranked Longhorns facing Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, it'll be the 38th all-time meeting between the Longhorns and Cowboys. They played since 1916. Texas holds a 26-11 advantage in the series, but Oklahoma State has won nine of the past 13. Uh, much more on that matchup throughout the morning here on Hook'em Up, and it's, of course, full coverage this afternoon and again tomorrow morning. Texas basketball, Max Aismas scored a season-best 26. Lead the 16th-ranked Longhorns past Texas State last night, 77-58. Mentioned it was kind of an up-and-down performance at Moody Center. Longhorns look ready to bury the Bobcats early. Roared out to a 25-4 lead. Eight minutes in, Texas then missed 11 straight shots. Texas State cut the lead to 10 by half and then actually took a four-point lead early in the second half. Texas retook control and cruised to their first win in seven games. Ithiel Horton had 12. Tyrese Hunter, Caden Shedrick, and Dylan Mitchell all scored 11. Next up for Texas, that showdown game was Shaka Smart and third-ranked Marquette next Wednesday uh, in Milwaukee. Texas women, meanwhile, play a showdown game this Sunday afternoon. 10th-ranked Horns hosting the 11th-ranked UConn Huskies. That's at the Mood, 2 o'clock in the afternoon Sunday. Across the street at Gregory Gym last night, Texas volleyball in action. The defending national champs began play in the NCAA volleyball tournament. Took down Texas A&M three games to one. Second-seeded Texas now facing seventh-seeded SMU tonight at 7. Mustangs top Texas State earlier in the day. In the NBA last night, Trey Young scored a season-high 45. Lead the Atlanta Hawks to a 137-135 win over the Spurs. Down in San Antonio, Spurs have lost 13 in a row. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho ho ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, we'll run through all these, but uh, you're a Cowboys fan and you're kind of like, uh, like Ty, a tepid Cowboys fan at this point, but uh, it, it's hard not to get a little excited. It's uh, another 40 point performance. That's four in a row. Dak Prescott uh, playing to an MVP level, 20 touchdowns, two picks in his last six games. Um, won the offense last night. The offense was fine. It was the defense. Deron Bland, they attacked him most of the game. Uh, surprising they came in. That was their game plan. Let's go right after this guy who on Turkey Day set the NFL record for pick sixes. Uh, but DK Metcalf had himself, a, had himself a, a, a day. But the Cowboys did get a hold of it in the third, in, late in the third into the fourth quarter. Three straight fourth down stops. Uh, interception for Deron Bland after getting torched by DK Metcalf for, for the first three quarters of the game. Uh, what were your overall thoughts there, Nick uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm a tepid Cowboys fan. I mean, I've been a Cowboys fan since the, the first I can remember of watching football with, like, Danny White, et cetera. My, my family's actually from the state of Washington. They're all Seahawks fans, so last night was kind of funny. But they, but they were Cowboys fans first before they were Seahawks fans. And uh, so we, we've always been Cowboys fans and, and I, you know, I've been it forever. And I, I just think I'm, I think I'm, uh, I'm with Ty. Like I'm not, I'm not falling for it this year. I fell for it too many times. And, and I think you can see who this Cowboys team is. This team is what, what we generally are, which is a get right on the edge or get in the playoffs, win, maybe win one and then bounce out. And this team, that's the, I, I, Firmly believe that's the max for this team. And I do – honestly, I agree with Ty. I think they'll beat the Eagles. I'm completely unimpressed with the Eagles. I think they know how to win, but I also don't think they're going to do anything really truly in the playoffs. Like, I don't think uh, – I'll eat my words if the Niners take them down on, on Sunday. But I, I just think I, – I think this Cowboys team is a good team, but they're not they're, – they're above the Seahawks, but the Seahawks are bad. Look at who the Seahawks have played. And, they, yeah. well, and that's the concerning part, right? I mean, there's some frustration there with um... – you know, that, that's going to be the challenge, this defense, which is so good against bad quarterbacks, right? The, 
because the offense was 40 points last night. Dak Prescott was fine. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, your, your kicker's money. I, li- I like Dak. Like, I think Dak's – and C.D. Lamb's incredible. He is. And they're doing a great job of moving him and making him hard to find and, uh, you know, just weaponizing him, as Rod would call it. And it's – you know, he's, he's taking the league by storm. I mean, Dak's last seven games, he's – 2,173 yards. He's got 23 total touchdowns, just two interceptions, a 6-1 and one record. Um, you know, he promised before the season he wouldn't throw more than 10 interceptions this year, and he's on that. He, he's uh, on his way to living up to it. But we know the next four games will determine, you know, his MVP status and, and what this Cowboys team is, um, you know, against good quarterbacks, against good teams. And this is what you're going to face now. Whatever Buffalo's record is, Josh Allen's a good quarterback. I mean, Josh Allen can play. He can make mistakes. But at the same time, you've got to beat Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Tua, Jared Goff, and a high-powered Detroit offense. They're, you know, how good is Dan Quinn's defense really becomes the question because the Niners, who was a good offense, put 42 on them. Uh, defense, offense didn't help either. Eagles scored 28. You know, here's the, the Seahawks scoring 35. Uh, you're going to have to figure that out. But if the offense keeps playing like this, you're going to be okay. And if Dak doesn't turn the football over, I like where they are. It's just, you're right. Here, here's the thing with the, the Eagles. I mean, Jalen Hurts is just a flat winner. I mean, just think of the last three or four games. The last four games they've played. Just off the top of my head, I mean, I'm not looking at the schedule. The Cowboys lost 28-23 and felt like they should have won the game. The Chiefs, the game was over, the Eagles won, and the Chiefs were like, we should have won that game. Mm-hmm. The Bills, we should have won that game, right? All these teams play the Eagles, and they come out going, damn, we should have won that game, and they don't. That says a lot about the Eagles. Now, are they living on borrowed time? Because it does feel like Jalen Hurts is playing injured. Yep. It does feel like he's not 100% healthy. Um, and can he, can he survive the rest of the year becomes a big question uh, for a lot of people. I mean, just can he, you know, if he takes another couple of big hits, I mean, what happens to him? But, man, he is tough. And now they've got their biggest challenge of the regular season coming up, this back-to-back tilt for them. Their Eagles, this, this is circled for them, obviously, with, with uh, San Francisco and Dallas and back-to-back Sundays. Yeah, well, you can you can only play the teams that are on your schedule, right? And t- and Dallas is taking care of business against the teams on their schedule, minus the Cardinals. And I mean, so they've won the games they're supposed to win. And and last night being, I I, I consider last night a game they were supposed to win. And and but but it's just, it, it I don't know, <clears throat> it's it's just a frustrating thing. And I, I actually like I still I still love Deron Bland. I think people are are hating on him now because he got beat. I think D- DK Metcalf is another level of of player and and he's gone up against uh, Bland's gone up against some tough receivers and done really really well. I just think he had a rough night and I I, I still think he's a, a fantastic corner and um and look, he's a ball hawk and that, I mean that people do it with Diggs too. Diggs got picked on a lot and and gave up some big big plays and I think I think that's what that's what happens. You got to you got to kind of gamble a little bit to get the big payoffs and it, I I'll I'll take what he's doing this year over anything. He's I mean he's he's part of the reason we've been blowing teams out with five touchdowns. I'm looking at the uh I watched the Seahawks. I was thinking, how did they score three touchdowns in their last four games total? How, who, who, how is that possible? I mean, I know they played the Niners on Turkey Day, and the Niners are really good on defense. Like that, 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 they played Baltimore in that stretch, too. The Ravens are maybe the second-best team, to, you know, total package team in the league. Um, but, man, that's, that's, that's a DK, Smith and Jigba. Now, and look, they, they don't even have Ken Walker the third. They're running back. Kid out of Michigan State, they, they're having to go with Charbonnet, the rookie out of, of UCLA. He was impressive, though. He Charbonnet was. Charbonnet looked good. Well, that's, they want that two-headed monster running back. That's a good offense, talent-wise, and the Cowboys you know, struggled. But they did get – look, they had 28 points early in the third quarter, and they only gave up seven more the rest of the way and allowed their offense to come win the game. So, you know, Dan Quinn's defense you know, adjusted where they needed to. Uh, so props to that. This says, by the way, I'm a lifelong Cowboy fan. There's no way they win a playoff game this year. There's a, the curse is real. Jerry sold his soul for three Super Bowls. Keep your walking shoes on mothballs. E. 
Thank I, you very much, T Bone. I don't think it's a curse. I think it's I think it's that we we just we're we don't make enough moves to be great. Like, look at the moves the Niners are making. Look at the moves the Eagles make. Like, like the Eagles picked up Bayard. The 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 Niners picked up Chase Young. They pick, they make these moves that put them over the top. And and Jerry sticks with that. He's got that hubris of I like our guys, and that and that that kind of keeps us at this same level. And you know, maybe that's what he wants. Maybe he just wants well, us talking about. Well, look, him. I mean, it's a, it's a now it's become coming a running gag that I'll walk to Dallas. But at the same time, that was made a, as a real promise because I firmly believed that the Cowboys would never win a Super Bowl with Jerry Jones as their general manager. That was it. It wasn't a jab. It wasn't you know hot take. Yeah. It was. I don't believe Jerry Jones as a GM will ever build a roster that'll win a Super Bowl. I agree with you. 100%. And so the hubris of not making moves and we like our guys real time. It goes to the epicenter of the whole problem. Um, now, did I think in 1999 when I made that promise that he would still be doing this 23, 24 years later, still be the GM? No, I didn't. I figured at some point his, his ego would get out of the way and he'd hire a real football person to run, run it. Now, he has given more power to his son, Stephen. He has given a lot more power to Will McClay, uh, who's helped build this roster, which is really, really talented. But I still think Jerry, as the mouthpiece, undercuts the whole team doing interviews on the radio and speaking for his coach and all the things that we know are never going away. I do think those things, you know, cut at the fabric of the team. And uh, same time, this you can't take away what Mike McCarthy has done this year with Dak Prescott. I know it's against bad teams, but you said it. You only play the teams on your schedule, and he is. This is the best Dak Prescott's ever played. Yeah, and, and look, and that I'm, was the point of going to the Tex Coast offense was to maximize Dak. You gave him the big contract. Now get the most out of him. At least through. 12 games this year it's the best football he's ever played yeah I'm, I'm not a I'm not a McCarthy fan I've said it I've said it from the start I just didn't think he was the guy and I will I'll eat my words partially because because what he's done coaching wise and the adjustments and working with what he has like this offense is cranking you can't you can't argue that I don't care who you're playing there they look fantastic but but it's just if Ty and I before the season can say hey we need a and rod too. You need a power back. You need a back that can put the ball in the end zone inside the five yard line. That like, not not the red zone troubles weren't really hard to to predict or fix. But but Jerry refused to instead. And I like Rico Dowdle, but he's not that. Like that's not who it is. And you need a Zeke. You need somebody like that that you, that can get the ugly yards in there. And they had opportunities to pick them up, and they didn't. And so we we are who we are, and we'll exit when we exit, and we'll enjoy the you know the twenty third pick in the draft like we always do. And they'll <laughs> and they'll make a they'll make a good pick, and we'll get excited. And the same thing will happen next year. And you know, and your your legs are safe walking to Dallas. Hey, let's dive into Rod's rants. Rants of the day is first of two in our five hour morning by morning conversation on Hug 'Em Up. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, a couple of rants. The officials were – referees were horrible last night. Thank you very much. Come on now. Can we – I mean, I, if you go back to the two games in the NFL that I've watched the closest for the last uh, week, the Texans-Jacksonville game and this game, these referees got to get out of the damn way. I mean, it's unbelievable how two really good games have been marred slash ruined by over-officiating. I mean, the tech, you go back and watch the Texans-Jaguars game, and it was both ways. I mean, Texans got a benefit of, a, of an interception when 
Uh, Jalen Petrie clearly held Evan Ingram and didn't get a call. It set up the interception. But then after that, it was almost like three different makeup calls on, on the Texans secondary that extended drives and allowed Jacksonville to go win that game. And this game last night, 19 penalties both ways, 250-something penalty yards. I mean, am I crazy here? I'm not the guy to come on the radio for 25 years and bitch about officiating, but it's getting out of control. Oh, I, I, I cannot understand why they have to take center stage, like why the officials need to. Just just let both teams play. If it's that dirty and, and ugly during the game, just let them play. And Yeah, I had a buddy who's a huge Seahawks fan texting me the entire game like, you know, they're, they're – these refs are calling too much for the Cowboys and blah, blah, blah. I was like, just wait, it was man. Both just ways. wait. And it was both ways. And it was – it's just unnecessary. And he even said it later in the game. He's like, oh, my bad. He's like, yeah, this is definitely – I mean, there were drives where they walked the Cowboys down the field and drives where they walked the Seahawks down the field. And it's just – why? We don't need that. Yeah, there was a second-half drive for the Cowboys where four first downs came via penalty. Yeah. I think three of them were on third down where if, if, they, if they don't throw the flag, it's going to be, you know, punt them. There wasn't a punt in the game. Uh, not say a single punt. The punters didn't work yesterday, A, because of the penalty flags, and then B, because they, you know, the teams kept going forward on fourth down. I'll give you that weird stat. Did you, did you hear? I mentioned this earlier, but uh, I don't know. Can this be a coincidence? But with no punts, it was the sixth game in the history of the NFL with zero punts, just the sixth. That includes the playoffs. Three of those games have included Mike McCarthy. That's cause, crazy. Because two came when he was the coach of the Packers in 2014. Uh, they kept going on fourth, on fourth down, and then p- drives would be extended. And in addition to the flag, go back to the Jacksonville-Houston game, th- there, was a, there was a Tank Dell catch out on the, on the sidelines on a critical drive late in the game that they missed. Uh, they even reviewed it, and they still got it wrong. It's like, come on, y'all. This is, these are big games now. We're, we're, we're in December, guys. There were, there were I, I, I recall at least two and maybe more plays where they threw flags too, and then they picked them up, and I think it was two or three times, and then and just basically recanted on what they said, and I'm like, you guys are so flag-happy this game that, that you're even throwing flags when you're not sure about it and then picking them up. It, it was just – we did, nobody wants to watch that. It Please was also let, very, very evident that Al Michaels had the Seahawks uh, plus the points. <laughs> Look at that. Because every time there was a ability on the Seahawks, he was like, oh, like you could just – you could tell. he That dude, had, his performance level has gone down in the last five years to the point where you can you can just tell on, that, which side Listen. he's gambling on. That's he is hilarious. Al Michaels, man. He's he's he, he's an all timer. I first heard Al Michaels when I'm like seven, eight years old. Do you believe in miracles? You kidding me? Oh, I, yeah. I love on, Al man. Michaels. Uh, he's one of my favorite commentators of all time. But you you have to agree with me that he has his given ass factor really has gone I kinda down. Turn it down and I'm There's doing a reason he's on Amazon. Yeah. Well, he's making. Well, he and uh, Kirk and Herbie. By the way, Herbie will be. I think Herbie's doing the game tonight. Yeah, Herbie. Herbie's great. Herbie like, is I, the man. Like he's doing. The, he did last night's game. Then he's going to fly and he's doing the Pac-12 championship game tonight. And then he'll be calling. I think the uh, one of the championship games on Sunday. I mean, on Saturday. He, yeah, he does like three games a week minimum. Yeah, yeah. and college. And he day. does game day. Yeah, and he does game day. Yeah, busy guy. Hey, let's uh, let me ask you this on on Rod's rant. Uh, Spurs stink. Remember this Wemby mania? What the hell? They've lost thirteen in a row. They don't play any defense in San Antonio. What's going on with Pop? He's yelling at the fans. Defending Kawhi Leonard, I'm not, again, I know they're not very good, and Wemby was not going to make them a playoff team, but they're they're worse than I thought they were going to be. Well, I think that's the problem is everyone got their expectations too high. One player doesn't make an NBA team. That's, that's not going to do it. And, yeah, he, I, 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 it's better for me. Now I can go to more games and it'll be easier to get in because <laughs> so, I, I do want to watch Wemby play this year. <laughs> uh, on the Longhorn basketball game, you were doing and recording your Brotherhood podcast last night with Royal Ivy and DJ Augustine. What do we make of it? Max Acemus can score. 
Uh, they're just they're, they're a work in progress. Is that fair to say? Yeah, they they don't. They and Jer- Jerry talked about this, and so did Royale last night. And we'll we'll have that that episode will come out on on Sunday on uh, uh on Texas football et cetera and all and on all our platforms like Spotify et cetera. But it uh what they talk about is Texas trying to figure out its identity, and they both believe in a smaller lineup. They want they want a Brock Cunningham at the five. And like and go small and really run around right now before Desue gets back. Obviously, have Shedrick in there too, but they. I mean, Brock's such a physical player, and Shedrick's so athletic that I think that that lets that team run more. And I think they're trying to decide. You know, starting with with Shedrick and Mitchell, it's kind of a bigger team, and uh, and I, I think they they just need to figure out who that identity is. And also, look, when you're a team that shoots like 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 they do, they're streaky. There's going to be games like that where you shoot yourself out of a game and. I saw AJ Abrams was at the game last night, and that's who Ace Miss reminds me a lot of him. Where there's games where he's just gonna light it up and carry you, and then there's games where he's not gonna be on, and he's gonna miss some shots that that make it tough on it. So I, I like where they are. I think talent wise they're there, but I think they're also we're gonna see a whole different team once Desue comes back too. So it's a, it's a lot of struggling. Yeah, that's to find the, their that's the challenge I think for for Rodney is it's a big challenge. I mean, because I mean, go back to last year when the Longhorns went on their run, won the Big Twelve championship game. You know, made it all the way to the lead eight. They were, it was built around Dylan DeSue. I mean, Dylan DeSue was the go-to. Yep. Uh, he was the MVP of the, the Big 12 tournament. Uh, he was unstoppable in the first, first weekend and was playing great before he got hurt in practice. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're kind of planning on going back to that, right? You're, 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 and, and then if you have the inside-outside with Caden Shedrick, so you got the bigs down low with DeSue and Shedrick. Uh, but, you, but it's going to be a work in progress. And the problem is it's already December. You play Marquette on Wednesday. And before you know it, Christmas will be coming, and you'll be in the Big 12. And the Big 12 is a gauntlet if there ever was one. Yeah, and it's, it's tough because we <clears throat> talked about this too. The, the, with the transfer portal era, you, you work on gelling a lot more, and this is the perfect time to figure out who you are as a team. And if you're not getting to sue back till probably late December, early January, you're going to be like trying to figure out who you are in Big 12 play, which we already know. There's three teams in the top, I think, at 12 uh, in the Big 12, or in, actually four in the top 15. Kansas, us, Houston, Baylor. Yeah, I mean, and Texas is up there. It's it. The, there's there's a ton of talent, so it's it's going to be tough. But it's a good problem to have of having you know what would have been your best, what, probably your best player in the tournament and the Big 12 tournament last year. Uh, Desue coming coming and he's back, still coming but, back from that injury, right? And that's a tough injury. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a, a it's, foot. Yeah, it's a, those are ones that nag. And so I, I think I, th- I think we'll figure out a lot. But I, I mean, look, as a as a, a college basketball team, you want to hit your peak in in you know late February, kind of mid February, late February to March. And so hopefully that's what this team can work towards. You just got to take care of business. The good thing is the schedule's a little bit lighter right now, so we're getting some wins. But you got to also get quality wins and. Uh, Marquette's a good chance to do that, but that's a tough team. And you know Shaka's got that one circled 20 times on his calendar. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Nick Shuley, good stuff right there uh, with the Longhorn Basketball. That Brotherhood podcast will be out on Sunday. And, yes, uh, get out to the Moody Center Sunday afternoon and see Texas women taking on UConn. That's 2 o'clock. It's a busy weekend. But you got the Cowboys out of the way. <laughs> you can get home in time, as I said, to see the Niners game with the Eagles and still catch the women's game. Uh, this says, every time Kirk Herbstreit's calling a game, I'm out on it. Uh, it says, I'm sorry, Kirk and Al calling NFL games is a snooze fest. Kirk Herbstreit is also doing the SEC championship game. That this one sense. says, if you're a big fan of punting, the Big Ten championship is going to be lit 
That's true. They'll my be... punt, my punt sweater guys. I'm going to be looking for them. That's my favorite <laughs> thing in college football right now. <laughs> Somebody said uh, Cowboys had an illegal man downfield from the two yard line. That is true. That's true. That's... <laughs> I did. I did see that. That's impressive. Uh, you're you're looking for penalties at that point. You, you called 19 penalties in a game. Come on. These are pro athletes, so you're looking for things instead of just calling you know obvious penalties. We come back because let's be fair. You could call a penalty in every play if you wanted to. Yeah, if my, my seventh and eighth grade refs, they, they let the game go more than that. And those kids travel half the time. So <laughs> we'll be back. Uh, we will pick it up with the Longhorns getting ready for Oklahoma State. More from Sark from his availability yesterday. We mentioned Quan Cosby will join our show in the eight o'clock hour. Also, to get a full preview of Oak State, our buddy Sam Mays, who played football at Oak State back in the day. He'll be with us in the nine o'clock hour. Great guests. Great conversation. It's hook him up on a Friday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Friday on The Horn, it's a Big 12 Championship Friday edition of Hook Em Up. The and Rod B, Longhorns at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, so we're a little over 24 hours away. The Longhorns' first appearance in the Big 12 title game since 2018. Chance to win their fourth Big 12 championship all time, and the Oklahoma State Cowboys, the opponent. Somebody said, E, who's going to be with you at Jay Gilligan's tomorrow? Uh, it's going to be just me, unless uh, anybody wants to come on out. Come on out, because uh, we're going to have our crew in the studio uh, here in uh, the Horn headquarters. So Ty and Patrick and um, multiple guests. But I'll be at Jay Gilligan's in Arlington tomorrow morning. And I told you, I mentioned earlier, uh, I talked again yesterday to the owner. Um, good dude, Rodney, uh, Randy Ford. Awesome guy. He is, he's an old – you can tell I haven't met him personally. I've just talked to him a couple times. I can't wait to, to meet him tomorrow. He's an old-timer, and he said, man, if I ever meet Jerry Jones – I never met Jerry Jones. If I ever meet him, I'm going to give him a big old hug because he's, uh, he built that stadium about a mile from my, my bar and grill. And uh, so it's, it's been good for business, right? And, I can uh, imagine. And and, and I because I called because we got several questions inquiring about the shuttle uh, that he has, and I I wanted to – if you go to the website, just Google Jay Gilligan's Arlington or just Jay Gilligan's, you're going to find it. And it, there's a little boilerplate plate and how it all works in the shuttle. And, uh, you know, as he told me yesterday, you know, we start at 9, we start at 730. If they want to get to that stadium four hours early, we'll get them there. Uh, just come on to Jay Gilligan's. And uh, uh, he, he actually on the website, he said, my cell phone's on the red fight website. Tell him to call me. Uh, that's that's awesome. what I do all day. Uh, Randy Ford. So Jay Gilligan's is where we'll be tomorrow. And apparently I have to have the Irish nachos at some point while I'm there. I want to hear about these. Yeah, the Irish nachos. Yeah, if you're running shuttles to and from games, it's uh, you're definitely doing good business. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, check that out. And uh, today, this afternoon, if you're headed to Dallas or you're already up there, come on out. We're going to be at Terry Black's Barbecue uh, right in downtown Dallas. We told Terry that uh, when we were up there for Texas OU that if the Longhorns make it back, we'll be back. And so we'll be back. Our friends at Inside Texas, you mentioned Jerry Hamilton. Uh, Bobby Burton, uh, they'll be doing a web stream there on the uh, on Texas football page, and we'll be doing a three-hour pregame extended coverage of the sports complex with Patrick and Ty and myself uh, with live coverage from Big D Dallas, and it uh, looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. Uh, so looking forward to it. And, you know, it's the first time back. I mean, uh, 2018, the last time the Longhorns were there, and even that year, no, it was it was a good year, right? The Longhorns had beaten OU that year, uh, but they had t- taken some losses. And uh, you know, Kyler Murray and the and the Sooners beat the Longhorns, and the Longhorns, you know, still had a good year. It was, that was the Sugar Bowl year, right? They went to the Sugar Bowl, ended up because uh, OU made the Final Four, if memory serves. And so they, you know, you ended up going to play Georgia, and you played a, a Georgia team, beat them, and that was the uh, Sam Ellinger were back, you know, mimicking you know Vince Young from way back. One and, of the greatest nights of my life. 
Was it really? Like, I was at that game, too. Well, well, it was I one mean, of the greatest nights of The game of your life. was awesome, but just the – And Sam's your quarterback. Yeah, that was cool. And then just everybody staying in the stadium after we won for all the, 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 you know, the Sugar Bowl ceremonies and then the entire Texas fan base as a unit walking down to Bourbon Street from, from uh, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Was, it was a pretty cool sight to see. Well, and, and the night that followed. Yeah, and New Orleans one of your favorite places. You've told us that before. Uh, and whose who's is it not? It's, you know, it's an adult playground. But, uh, yeah, that was a good time. I was at that game. Of course, that was the Bevo attacks Ugga game, which is still a legendary. That's hilarious. I, I hammered Texas Moneyline once I saw that walking in the stadium of, of Ugga. Really? Yes, yes. <laughs> one of my, that was your omen you needed? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's going down. Oh, well, man. I mean, as we've, we've painted the path here, or painted the picture of what the path could be with the Longhorns, if uh, – if you win tomorrow, handle your business against Oklahoma State, and um, you, know, you could be in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, you could be headed to the Sugar Bowl again, which would be the same path as I lost in the Big 12 championship game five years ago uh, because the Sugar Bowl is one of the national semifinals. Um, we mentioned that uh, the, the, the reports out of Tallahassee that Tate Rodemaker, the Florida State quarterback, the backup quarterback, um, has a concussion issue, according to some reports, and may not clear protocols to be able to play in the ACC championship game tomorrow night in Charlotte. If that happens, they're going to have to be down to their third quarterback, who is a true freshman who hasn't played at all this year. So, of course, playing a, a good 10-2 and two Louisville team. As I've talked about their pass rush, um, Longhorn fans obviously rooting for Louisville in a big way in that game. If you can win this game, you know, Georgia wins the SEC championship game, that very well could be the matchup if Florida State were to lose. And we know the national championship game is in Houston at NRG Stadium. If you're a Longhorn fan, you're thinking, hey, there's a road to, to New Orleans, which is not a long trip. There's a road to Houston, which is not a long trip, um, potentially. But first, you've got to win tomorrow. Uh, have to take care of your business tomorrow. What concerns you as we sit here today on this, uh, this Oklahoma State team? Uh, that three-three-five defense. And, it, uh, and I, know, I know Sark's gotten a lot better at it and, and you know, figured out a lot of things. But if you remember right, that, that defense stumped. Stumped Texas in that that it, I believe it was the first half last year, wasn't it? I tried to I've actually tried to completely strike that game from my mind, so I'm trying to pull back the, some memories of it to remember that. But I, I, look, I think I think this feels a lot different than the last Big Twelve championship we were in that year. It it, it I felt like it would we weren't I didn't I wouldn't say I, I don't feel like we were going to win, but we weren't the favorite obviously to win in that game. And and this game I feel like th- this feels like a game we should take care of business and, and get after if we do what we do. It's like you said, we've got we've got the guys to to do this. It's just a matter of executing and and doing what we do. And I, I hope we not only take care of business, but as I've mentioned this week, put make make our statement and our lobbying in that game. Well, that's the important thing. And I mean, you can't put pressure on yourself to try to win in any way. You just got to play the game right, execute the game, and let it come to you. But yeah, there is the idea that you want to be impressive too. And but you know, I think the the mindset there for me is pick up where you left off on Friday. You know, just ride that 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 confidence, and you know, if your special teams keeps playing to that level, and um, the defense. I mean, I love the fact that um, you know they played. And, and as Rod talked about on Monday, in the one show he's been here this week, and we're rooting for Rod to get better. But uh, he talked about the press coverage, right? You had Terrence Brooks, and you had. Um, Manny Muhammad, the freshman, I mean, they were getting up playing some press man coverage and uh, taking away those those in-breaking routes and uh, something we hadn't seen Texas do. They play so much off coverage with PK, almost like they changed philosophies. And we don't know if that was because it, the, the Oklahoma State receivers just didn't scare – or excuse me, if the Texas Tech receivers just didn't scare you 
But there's really nobody on Oklahoma State that scares you. Just the kid Presley, who we'll talk about, Brendan Presley, he's good. I mean, you gotta you got to have him. He's their quick guy. He's 5'8", one of those little water bug type players. But uh, Presley's their best. Um, but, these, again, this is not the Houston receivers. This is not even TCU uh, as far as, like, dynamic wide receivers, Oklahoma. Uh, so you feel like you can get up and play some press and let that pressure get home and let your defensive line go to work. And, obviously, you have to, you have to do a good job against Ollie Gordon. Uh, but you're right the other way. You've got to play good offense and efficient offense. The way, you know, Texas, who can beat Texas in this game is Texas with turnovers. Um, and, you know, Quinn Ewers in this game a year ago in Stillwater uh, on a very windy day in a, in a weird environment just, just was off the whole game. You need Quinn to be on. And you're right, you're playing that 3-3 high defense, which, you know, first team to play the 3 high defense was uh, Mike Gundy way back in 2016. Uh, but they have seen it over and over again. They should have a good game plan. Uh, and this is where, you know, the, the fact that C.J. Baxter is going to be healthy in this game, you're going to have to settle up your run game and get after this team and uh, um, you know, use your weapons. It feels like Texas has the Jimmys versus the Joes in this game, but uh, you can't be, you know, trying to look impressive and, and start kicking the ball around. Yeah, Gundy's been, Gundy's been our kryptonite, but th- this this feels different, and I hope that – I hope our guys – uh, that translates. I'm not. I'm not as stressed about our defense. I think they. They. We, we talked about it yesterday. They. It, it's funny. Like PK's defenses. You don't ever feel like you're just completely dominating the game, and then you look up and you're like, oh, we've allowed one field goal this game, or we've allowed two field goals, and they. It's very much a, a bend, but not. But they don't. They don't generally break. They bend a little, but they're they're impressive. And I think I think. I, I think Tavondre and that line are, and Byron are, are going to hopefully eat them up. And it's, it's going to be a great matchup. Ollie Gordon runs hard. He runs nasty. And, and I, I, I like that matchup. And I think they're looking forward to that too. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, that is the matchup for the Longhorns. Obviously tonight we've got the Pac-12 championship game uh, out there in, uh, in California. Uh, big one, Oregon and Washington. This is, I mean, if you didn't see, if you missed the first game between these two, I mean, this is a must-see game tonight. <laughs> it was a great game. Uh, it was one of the more more entertaining games I've watched all year long uh, with, with Michael Penix going head-to-head with Bo Nix. I mean, it was, it was a heck of a game. And really the game turned on uh, Dan Lanning's decisions to go for it on fourth down over and over again. Kind of like Longhorn fans get, get frustrated with Sark, take your points. If Dan Lanning at the end of the first half and again a couple of times in the second half just taken field goals, taking his points, they'd have won that game. Uh, they left points on the field. Uh, because uh, early in the game, Michael Penix was shredding the Oregon defense, but they made adjustments and they got control of that passing game, got back in the game and really should have won it. They outgained Washington quite significantly in the game, and their kicker missed a field goal at the end that would have uh, tied the game at 36. So this is a big game. Who do you like here? I mean, it, it, it's eye-popping that Oregon is a 10-point favorite. Man, I, I think that I, I, it just feels it feels like everybody's overhyping Oregon to me, and, I, and I've watched them and I like them. I think they're good, but I, I think – like Washington, Washington's a lot like the Eagles in a sense of they just keep winning, right? Like they're not, you're not impressed. Everyone says this should happen, that should happen, but they managed to find a way to win. So we'll see what happens on a neutral field. And and I, I think this Washington team is tough. And and I think everyone's just penciling in an Oregon win because of this quote eye test. And and I think it's going to be a great game. I, I don't, I don't know who's going to win, but I, 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 if I, if I were a betting man like Ty, I would, I would, I would put a little money on UW. Uh, with 10 points uh, and a quarterback like Michael Penix. But it, remember, I mean, yeah, that 10 points is ridiculous. It's a lot. And it's gone up, right? It's gone up from where it began. Uh, I mean, Vegas loves it. Where well, is that coming from? Like, that's what I'm wondering. Well, I, but I, well, I think it's because, you know, since that game, kind of like Texas, right? They lost to Oklahoma, and Sark has made every game a championship game. And they've had some close ones, but feels like they've improved as the year's gone on, survived the quarterback injury. Oregon, same way. When they lost to Washington in a game, they probably should have won. 
you know, they've been they've got on a mission and they've really been hammering people. I mean, they haven't messed around. Meanwhile, Washington's been kind of skidding skidding their way, right? They've had close wins, close close games. Um, you know, the Oregon State game the week before was a two point game. So I think that they're kind of surviving. This but this game opened at seven and a half. It's up to ten, which means. The money's coming in on Oregon. Uh, they feel like Oregon's going to handle this thing tonight. But obviously, to me, that's a play-in game. I know some would doubt it, but I think the winner of that game will be in the Final Four regardless of what happens the rest of the weekend. Uh, looking forward to seeing that game. That is a uh, Friday night game, don't forget. At 7 o'clock out on the West Coast, Washington and Oregon. Texas then will play the next big game, most important game, at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Then 3 o'clock, it's SEC Championship with uh, Bama and Georgia. Uh, one more time in the SEC, then the night games will be the Big Ten and the ACC. So Longhorn fans will and, – and Steve Sarkeesian did say yesterday something I said he would do. If they win this game tomorrow, you're going to see Sark all over, right? You're going to see Sark on the halftime shows and maybe, hey, let's go uh, – they'll be in the booth on the uh, calling the game on the ACC. Hey, Steve Sarkeesian joins us. Hey, hey Coach, how are you doing? That's you know, a, it's great for recruiting too. It is. We, we need this dub for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but you got to win the game uh, tomorrow as a double-digit favorite yourself. All right, we'll come back with some bullish or BS. I mentioned this yesterday. I never got to it. Uh, there are gambling lines out there of, you know, potential matchups, what Texas would be against Oregon, uh, you know, what Georgia would be against Oregon, all this. I'll get you that. Because kind of Vegas has their power ratings, and Vegas is really good at this. Uh, and it kind of tells you where they are. The Longhorns are two touchdown favorites. Doesn't mean human beings play the game, so it doesn't always come out. But they get it right more than they get it wrong in Las Vegas. We'll get you those coming up. Plus some bullish or BS. Quan Cosby after the top of the hour. Hook them up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, we'll get Rod back in here on Monday. Rod is uh, feeling better, but he tested positive again uh, for the COVID, so he's still uh, in the protocol. And uh, he did, in a note yesterday, say he's, he made a good turn health-wise, feeling a lot better, but still not able to join us here in our South Austin studio and won't be able to join us t- today or tomorrow for our pregame coverage. He'll be back on Monday, but uh, we're, we're rooting for, for Rod. Uh, to get through it, and uh, appreciate Nick Shuley. Bullish on Nick Shuley hanging with us. Of course, the uh, president of the Austin, he's got about 10 different titles. Go to Google Nick Shuley and read his bio. you got a lot going on, my friend. Podcast, Clark Field Creative, uh, president of the Austin Music Movement. You're doing all kinds. You're, 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 you're a mover and a shaker, my friend. I stay busy. <laughs> I, 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 I try. I try to stay busy. Uh, well, you do a good job of that. You do a good job of that. All right, so uh, bullish or BS time. Um, bullish or BS. Ty, you're involved in this too, and I, I think I know where you guys are going. We'll get the crowd involved here, get the audience weighing in on the text line, 447-3776. We mentioned Dak Prescott's last six games, 20 touchdowns, two picks. Uh, only six other quarterbacks have been, you know, have, I mean, the numbers are pretty ridiculous uh, of, of what he's done. And, again, it's against bad teams. I'm not like, you know, minimizing the level of competition. But last night plays a Pete Carroll defense. Uh, but 20 touchdowns and two picks in the last six games includes three touchdowns and no picks Thursday night. Ninth player in NFL history with a stretch like this. 20 touchdowns and two interceptions over a six-game span. Six of the previous nine won the MVP of the league. Three times Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 19 Aaron Rodgers. Uh, 11 Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and one other year Aaron Rodgers did it. Russell Wilson did it in 2014 and won the MVP. Peyton Manning did it in 2011 and won the MVP. Drew Brees, Tom Brady won the MVP with a stretch of 20 touchdowns, two picks. I will also mention that um, if you go back to odds to win the NFL MVP at BetMGM, two weeks ago Dak was plus 4,000. Today he's plus 550. 
bullish or BS on Dak Prescott as the MVP of the NFL? Um, Both of y'all. I think Ty, you go first. It's BS. I mean, if you play the Giants and the Commanders every week, yeah, sure. But like, like we've been saying, if and also, I people are like, oh, well, you played good against the Eagles. I don't think that Eagles defense is very good, especially in the secondary. So Eagles are I, ten and one, my friend. Eagles I know. Are ten and I, one. Yeah, but, but I, I agree with them. The secondary is their weakness, and they, and that's the Cowboys' strength on is throwing the ball. So it, the the matchup there is. The last thing I want is for him to win the MVP because that's going to get him an extension and that's just going <laughs> to carry on this nightmare for another five he's years. He's playing great. Are you in my head, Ty? What's going on? Yeah, no, I, yeah look, I think I – think Rent-free, my friends. If they go if they go one and four in these last five games, like, he's not going to win the MVP. You might have a huge game against Washington in that final game, but it's uh, – I, I don't know. It, they, they're going to have to prove to me – they're going to need to win – I don't know how many of these games do they have to win for him next to get MVP four? out of the next out of the next five, right? So they've got Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, Washington. How many of those do you have to win for Dak to get MVP? Well, you're you're playing Full what three. two two to three guys ahead of you in the MVP conversation there, and two uh, hurts. Great hurts. point. Two and hurts. So yeah, um, that's, that's a great point. You're going to go head to head. Those are probably your your L's too. Out of all, out of your possible wins, the possible wins well, are, pro- these, are probably Buffalo. Look, and I'm going to go ahead and assume they're going to beat Washington in the last game of yeah, the year. Yeah. I mean, it's at Washington, but it's it's a you know Commanders Ron Rivera might be Riverboat Ron may be out by then. Uh, I'm assume that's a victory. So the other four where it's more work where Dak's going head to head with Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Tua, and Jared Goff. Um, you know. I, I think they go. I think they can go three and one in that stretch. I really do. I think the Cowboys could. Be, I think they can beat Philadelphia next week. Now, I also know Philadelphia can win that game, but it's in Arlington. It's a night game. Cowboys won fourteen in a row at home. They play great. They play fast at home. Ceedee Lamb seems to be uncoverable on that turf at AT and T Stadium. Uh, and so th- then they go to Buffalo. And that, look, who knows? Buffalo is six and six. But who knows what the weather's going to be in that game? And it's going to Cowboys like don't the run the ball. Game. It's going to be it could. snow everywhere. I mean, you may catch a break, uh, but December seventeenth in Buffalo, yeesh. Um, you know that's that's a that's a, and then of course you go to the to the polar opposite weather wise. You're going to Miami to play the Dolphins, uh, and then you come back for Detroit. And Detroit's a home game. Uh, so you know to your question, if he can go three and one and, and even three and two down the stretch here, and the Cowboys get to you know twelve and five, I think he could be the MVP. Uh, I don't think they have to win the division to be MVP, but I do know this: if the Niners beat the Eagles tomorrow on Sunday, the next Sunday night's game against the Eagles is for first place in the division. So that's when you start, you know, pumping the hype. Okay. Uh, also in bullish or BS, most watched college football games of this season. We know the Michigan Ohio State game um, became the most watched college football game uh, just, just this past weekend with. Um, total of like 19 million people watch it it surpassed that early Colorado game that had held the the most watched game of the year <laughs> what game are you bullish on this weekend that will be the most watched game of the weekend of championship weekend is there one that could surpass what we saw with Michigan Ohio State would it be Georgia Bama will it be tonight potentially on a Friday night but Friday night typically doesn't get great ratings is there one that could surpass it in no. your mind yeah, I don't think it's going to surpass it. I, I think I think Georgia Alabama will be the highest the highest rated, but I don't think it'll surpass that. And that that one was an interesting. You, you said that yesterday. It was like a a fortuitous time slot date, et cetera. Like everything was kind of perfect for that Ohio State Michigan. Oh, and game. and you had all the drama with Michigan, right? I mean, they yeah. had you know a month of scandal, and the coach was suspended. A couple so, of years of scandal. And just like with Deion Sanders, your Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year. Uh, by the way, the more I thought about that yesterday, the more I agreed with you. It should have been Lionel Messi. Yeah. 
I mean, shame on – you may not have any problem with Deion Sanders, but the team went 4-8. and eight. He took the world by storm for a month, and I, I, I like Deion. But on a global scale, what Lionel Messi did, winning the World Cup, player of the year in the World Cup. He won, he won player of the year in soccer last year. Yeah, tra- and transformed the entire MLS, right. took it to a whole other level. Right. Like, it's not even close. I mean, as, like, far get, as, as far as impact yeah. get in, out in a year – it was Lionel Messi. How did, the, how did the AI not pick Lionel Messi instead, of, instead of Dion? I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, well, there's also a thing about selling selling magazines. Yep. And Dion moves needles. So Controversy sells. Leon, uh, Lionel Messi is the most followed person on the planet, is he not? I mean, he, he, he like doubles up Taylor Swift as far as like Instagram followers. But we, we talked it. We've been talking about it nonstop. They did their job. We wouldn't be talking about Messi that much. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, and obviously Dion, 3-0, and that became the, the, the grass fire of college football, and it was cool. Those were the days. But 4-8, and eight, no bowl. <laughs> Son's got a broken back. Transfer portal. All right, we'll be back. We'll take your thoughts on those things. Bullish or BS? We're bullish on Quan Cosby, the lifetime legendary Longhorn. He'll be with us after the top of the hour.